0: episode 553 of the eventing radio show brought to you by eventing riders association of north america this week on the show it is all about Aachen. we first speak to imogen murray who had a team performance there and has recently been long listed for the europeans we then speak to Supergroom alex van toyle who is traveling all over the place at the moment Then we speak to New Zealand rider Jesse Campbell, who also had a team experience and a top result at Aachen. I'm Liz Halliday-Sharp coming to you this week from North Chaley in England, and you're listening to the Eventing Radio Show. So this show, we're focusing a little bit on Aachen, the most recent event that we've been to. Definitely the best event in the world. I can confidently say that. People have said this to me for years, but I've never had the chance to go. And I have to say, I am fully on board now. What an incredible experience. And what you get at Aachen is not only is it a showcase event for eventers, and it is a team competition, and it's a really big deal, and the best in the world are there, but it is also a top team competition. For the show jumpers, for the dressage riders, for the driving competition. I mean, it's just incredible. And the very best of the best are there. And it's all happening around you. And I really loved that. I loved that we we're there in the middle of a city. And you've got these incredible arenas. And you're riding around next to some of the very best show jumpers in the world. And you can then go next door and watch, uh, you know, uh, Charlotte Dujardin ride her dressage test. And then you can go and watch Boyd Excel you know, do his driving uh, cross country. And there's just so much happening. And it, it truly was incredible. So this week, we're talking to various members who were on the British team and the New Zealand team. We're also talking to a top, top groom who's been all over the world and who also very kindly came with me to Aachen, which was exciting. And the show, it was, it was not the best event for team USA, which was very disappointing. Um, not, not at any fault of really anybody's. It just, uh, we had a, a few things that happened that, that shouldn't have happened. Um, certainly myself, uh, my lovely horse De Niro Z did a personal best dressage test of 26.5. I was thrilled with him. That's getting better. Uh, the show jumping wasn't quite quite how we should have been with two rails down which was disappointing um uh, I'm certainly going to own one of them was definitely my fault and um but we've learned a lot it's a very different track in Aachen um certainly was was educational and I know I need to work on and cross country was proving to be one of the best rounds we'd had until we slipped over on the flat very close to home which was unexpected and really disappointing and um I've had a lot, of, a lot of love from the events community, uh, feeling my pain on that. And um, I think we're going to be reevaluating our studs and making sure that doesn't happen again. But the good news is my horse was truly fantastic and um, as good as he's ever been. So I'm feeling positive for the future. And I'm um, just one of those things. And we have to pull our socks up, as they say, over in Britain and move on. But um, lots of good things happened in Auckland too. And I think we've, we've all learned a lot. Um, it was a wonderful team experience. Um, I can't thank, uh, the USA enough for giving me the opportunity. And, uh, I have to say, having been there, I definitely am going to be targeting it every year whenever possible, because it, it truly is the best experience. So we have some outstanding guests. I don't want to sit here and waffle too much because I don't have tappers with me this week, which, is not his fault. He's otherwise engaged. And I will see him tomorrow, actually. I will throw this out there. Uh, uh, well, actually, on Thursday is the Hickstead Aventors Challenge. And if nobody has ever watched this before, it is very much worth a watch. Paul Tapner has won it three, yes, three years in a row. And he is bringing his horse back again tomorrow. This is an outstanding show. I'm riding in it myself, and I'm very excited. I haven't ridden in this class for uh, quite a few years. So I'm taking Fernhill by night. I'm going to see how fast he can shimmy his way around that main arena. And um, it is really fun to watch. And you can watch it, I believe, live on Hickstead TV. Hickstead.tv, in fact, if you search that. I believe it is also on FEI TV. But um, it starts at 4 p.m. in the UK on Thursday. Very much worth a watch. And I'm sure you couldn't watch it back again. So I will see Paul there and I'll tell him. Um, that we were just fine doing the show without him. And also other big things that are happening. My horse, Cooley Quicksilver, starts his grand journey to Lima for the Pan-American Games. We are the traveling reserve, and um, he starts his trip tomorrow. He heads to Amsterdam and then takes a direct flight on Saturday from Amsterdam, direct to Lima, Peru. Um, So we are very much going there to support Team USA, do everything we can to help them win gold. Of course, I would love to be competing, but I am going to go there with all of my support and anything I can do to help that team do the very best they can. And it's, of course, exciting to be involved. And that definitely will lead us into our very first guest, Alex Van Toil, who will talk us through because she is, in fact, going to be traveling with Cooley Quicksilver to Lima, and we'll go to her right after this. The Eventing Writers Association of North America is the collective voice of riders, equine professionals, and owners in pursuit of enhancing the growing sport of eventing in North America. In cooperation with our members, governing bodies, related committees, and organizers, ERA of NA works to improve the overall welfare, safety, visibility, and growth of the sport. ERA of NA, your voice matters for the sport of eventing. Jump in and engage by becoming a member today Find them online at www.eraofna.com. Joining us now on the Eventing Radio Show, it is the superstar groom of them all. She travels everywhere. She's been everywhere. She's going everywhere. It is Alex Van Toil, otherwise known as Alex VT. Alex, thank you very much for being on the Eventing Radio Show. It's hard
1: for
2: you to invite me.
0: So, Alex, I wanted to get you on the show because, my goodness, you've had an insane few weeks and your next few weeks are going to be even more insane. It's hard to keep up with where you're going and your crazy freelance grooming lifestyle. So, just give us a quick rundown of what the last week or so has been for you and what you've got in store for the next two weeks.
2: Um, I had a little trip to Arken um, last week and then... We were back early hours Sunday morning. Sunday entailed going eventing in England, um, somewhere called Aston in the Walls. Um, then I went CPC training, which is something we need to do over in England for truck licenses on Monday. And then Tuesday I had Tokyo training. Today I had CPC training. Tomorrow I am going to Holland to the rest the horses before flying to lima a quick trip to lima and back and then three days at home before going to the event in tokyo so i'm pretty busy at the moment
0: <laughs> so like i have to say i think um i was thinking about this earlier and it would be hard to find many people that would pass through as many countries in a short period of time as you're going to do in the next few weeks and um I have to say a a big thank you to you for agreeing to at the very last second travel with my goofy eight-year-old horse Cooley Quicksilver to Lima as his traveling minder (laughs) Um, because uh, lovely Shannon Kinsley is going to meet him there who will be helping me uh, as the traveling reserve for the Pan American Games so and we very much appreciate you doing that but it means that you are having a speedy little trip to South America and then coming back. And then you're traveling to the Olympic test event, aren't you, with William Fox Pitt. That is why you're going to Tokyo.
2: Yeah, that's why I'm going to Tokyo. Team GB are in a very fortunate position to send two horses um, to the test event in Tokyo, one ridden by William and then the other one ridden by Georgie Spence. So we're using it as a little bit as a fact-finding exercise.
1: Which
0: is super cool. And I'm actually a bit jealous. I would love to go and see it myself. And um, you said you were in Tokyo training. What, what entails Tokyo training? I know you've had all, all kinds of stuff you've had to do for that.
2: So, and DB are doing a lot of monitoring on the horses um, while they're out in Tokyo. But to get a good balance, we're doing some pre-flight assessments, um, like their body weight, their physique, their fitness just basic everyday stuff so we can see how much they lose doing transit and then while they're out there in the heat. Like today, for example, in Tokyo, it's 42 degrees
0: centigrade. Oh, my goodness. So 42 centigrade for all of you who work in Fahrenheit is well over 100 degrees Fahrenheit, let's just say. Yeah, Plus we've got humidity added in.
2: 99% humidity or something. Anyway, it was pretty shocking when I looked at my phone today. I was like, oh, God, this is going to be a proper temperature
0: change. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah, that, that is going to be a, a huge part of the deal. And uh, Alex, I know you've, you've done a lot of flying with horses in your in your many, many years um, experience. And, you know, could you I'm, I'm sure there are lots of people listening to the show that are saying, geez, what does it take to actually fly with the horses? What is the whole process? What do you have to do? What do you have to worry about? How does it go? Can you just give us a quick sort of rundown of what that whole process is like when you get in and you travel and the the whole procedure of getting there and getting to somewhere like Tokyo or Lima or, or anywhere really.
2: Yeah. So you've got to keep your horse as relaxed as possible. Um, You guys do a lot of traveling in trucks. So they go into a jet stall, which is basically like a little trailer. It's quite a small space. So the first hurdle you have to overcome is getting them in there, getting them relaxed, giving them some food, um, we give them a, I give them a little feed butter with a few inches of water just so they can keep their mouth damp but I don't give them a full bucket because I want to know that they're drinking properly and I can assess that I take a few treats with me um, like carrots, apples and then it's you know, just keeping them well hydrated during the flight keep checking them, you know, I don't sit there the whole time because most airlines don't like that and then um, making sure they don't get too hot that the temperature's consistent degrees and then it's the unloading process and then it's going through quarantine, normal vet checks, and then normally onto a strange truck that they've never seen before. So just encourage them to keep them as relaxed as possible and in their routine. So, you know, they'll still have their feeds and things like that and then setting them into their new place, wherever they're going to be, wherever in the world we've ended up.
0: <laughs> and it, it it is very different for them, isn't it? Some horses I think take, Really readily to the flights. Um, I know my horse really enjoys flying; he thinks it's super cool. And some horses are are really nervous about getting into um, the the pallets or the stalls, as they call them. Um, and I know you've had some some crazy experiences with that, haven't you?
2: Yeah, no. You know, most competition horses are well handled, and they're you know they're very good about going in. There is the odd horse that doesn't like going, in. it is quite a claustrophobic space. It's quite small, so. There are the, there's the old loader that doesn't like it and you have to encourage them. You know, there has been an old situation where we've had to reverse them, and we've always had to blindfold them. And then when they're in there, you take all that off and you reassure them that actually it's not as terrifying as it appears and they're going to be all right. And they do get used to it, but initially it can be a bit
1: tricky.
0: Well, I have to say, I mean, it is such, um, certainly from from my standpoint, it's so important to me when we fly horses to have, a groom that you can really trust and that, you know, knows what they're doing. I mean, that is very important to me. And uh, I mean, partly why I'm so, so happy that you were able to at the last minute pick up and travel with my horse, because I'm, I'm sat there thinking, well, I don't want some random foreign groom that doesn't know my horse at all. And that I don't know. And, and who knows, you know, and you sending them off on this 12 and a half hour flight, not to mention the trip to and from. So it it is really, really important. And, um, it's, it's, a a wealth of experience that you can't replace
2: you do have to be able to spot you know little subtle signs if they're getting too hot they're getting distressed because the earlier you can spot something the earlier you can deal with it because obviously when you're in the air you haven't got access to everything so you've got to be on top of your game you know don't sleep you know you don't get on the plane put your horse in the stall and then go to sleep to hours. that's absolutely <laughs> not how it works you know every 20 minutes every half an hour go and check that they're okay they're not too hot you know but most of them are 99% of them are absolutely fine and I think it's all a bit of fun go over the journey what's going on you know the loading process can be a bit noisy so sometimes I would put those cotton wool and moss on their ears just so they they're more relaxed and they can't hear it. And then as soon as they're in the plane, I take it off and they're
0: normally marching away on their hay. Oh, well, that's, that is always good to hear. And, you know, certainly, well, always, my horses have always touched wood, touching lots of wood, have always come off uh, pretty happy and and travelling well. And I think that is down to, to the good care that, you know, having grooms that that actually know them. And and Alex, tell us, you know, after you've done all your crazy trips, you'll be at all the big five stars till the end of the year, won't you? Are you ever going to get a chance to to rest or or do you just go, go, go? And I'm guessing you're as bad as me and you don't do holidays very well.
2: No, I don't do holidays very well. I am looking at maybe going away in February, not in 2020. Um, It's cold and miserable in England, so I thought a winter sun would be very nice but I'm not very good at resting. I have my own horses at home, so obviously they need a bit of attention here and there. And my sister's a vet, so when I'm not doing my own horses, I'm helping her on too. So that's pretty busy for me.
0: And you, you're purely just freelancing now, am I right? I know for many years you worked for William Fox Pitt. You've worked for many, many of the very best riders in the world. But uh, now you just work your way through and various different riders that you know, and you have you basically are available for most of the championships, I think. Um, you seem to be absolutely flat out. I was lucky to to grab you up for Arkin, actually.
2: <laughs> yeah, I know I do a lot of work for the top professional riders, and I do – um, in the winter, I do a lot of time for young, up and coming Team GB riders. I'm involved in the kind of up and coming programs, encouraging them to go and kind of take the right path, showing them how to optimize their yard and their performances, and train their staff up. Um, but I do have some other jobs that I do alongside. I do, like that. do some entries for people, and I do some admin for other people. So life's pretty busy, but I'm not very good at sitting still, so it's. hard <laughs>
0: so fully involved in every aspect of eventing basically and um, i'll tell you what alex i normally ask um the riders and uh, you know a lot of professionals that we get in for their number one top training tip and tappers always laughs at me because i always ask for this but i want to ask you for your number one top grooming tip because i know that you're one of the best in the world and you've done this for many years for lots of different people what would you say is your number one top grooming tip? It can be anything, but your number one.
2: I say communication between you and your rider is utmost, because if you can't communicate, you can't get the horse ready on time. It doesn't matter how amazing it looks. You've got to be able to communicate. Um, but otherwise, I have a lovely stiff quarter brush, um, which is black and white, that does beautiful patterns on pony's bottoms. <laughs>
0: I love it. That's brilliant. I think those are two very important things, I have to say. <laughs> That's great. Thank you very much, Alex. Um, is it, Are you active on social media? Can anybody stalk you appropriately if they want some top grooming tips or follow all of your massive adventures? They can stalk me. I'm
2: active when I'm not doing anything, so, i.e., when I'm in a truck and I'm not driving. And
0: the best time
2: I'm, working, I'm not that active, but I am on social media, yes. Yeah.
0: And is it? Um, just tell us quickly what, what it is on Instagram or Facebook or whatever it is. How can people stalk you appropriately? I,
2: I am on Facebook. I am on Twitter. Alex, I, I think I'm on Alex VT1. I don't even know. Um, and same for Instagram. I have a list. I think of you're list. Right. I, I'm sure people. I'm sure people will find me via you, Liz. Yeah,
0: <laughs> Alex VT. I think is how most people can search you. I think so. Um, yeah. Well, thank you very much for being on the Eventing Radio Show. Um, best of luck with all of your frantic travels, and um, yeah, we wish you lots of luck and, and lots of safe traveling with many, many special ponies. Yeah, including yours tomorrow. Including mine, the most important one, of course. Yes,
2: obviously
0: the most important one. <laughs> Thanks, Alex. <laughs> Joining us now on the Eventing Radio Show, it is British Eventing Superstar Imogen Murray. Imogen, welcome to the Eventing Radio Show.
1: Hey, no, thank you for having me.
0: So it's been a wild few weeks and um, we've just seen you out in Germany where you had a fantastic result. And you've also had some really big news recently. Can you just start from the top with Aachen and what has come off the back of that for you?
1: Um, Yeah, so I've just come back from Arkan, which is just the most amazing place I've ever been to. Um, I was really lucky. I got to go for the first time last year um, and it was, I thought, you know, if I want a life opportunity, I won't be able to, uh, it would be unlikely for me to be going back, you know, anytime soon. And I was really lucky that they offered me the opportunity to go again this year. And my horse, um, either Gooden or Sir Charles, as we call him at home, Um, was absolutely amazing we went out as the first um, member of the team for for GB and he did a really good fast clear Um, and then off the back of that I've just been um, added to the long list for the Europeans which is just really exciting news.
0: Absolutely I mean that is just incredible and and let's just for our listeners who might not know what a cool horse this is I mean I know that He's been your partner for a long time. You have a wonderful relationship. So many clears at five star now. And might I just say fast clears. And he's a good jumper. And the dressage maybe isn't his best phase, but you definitely make up for that in the toughest of tracks, don't you?
1: Yeah, no, he's not a huge fan of the dressage, it has to be said. Um, He never (laughs) has. Um, But he absolutely loves his jumping and he lives for the cross country. He is, I mean, he's unreal. And I'm just lucky that um his owners chose me to to pilot him from from the beginning and i've been riding him since he was four years old and he is just one of those horses that like he makes it feel so easy and he is very fast it's taken me a long time to catch up i'm not naturally <laughs> <catching up. laughs> but we're getting there
0: well, that must be just so exciting for you, because obviously you're you're still young. You know, I'm I'm saying this because I am not young anymore. I'm very sadly, but you're very young. But you've you've had so much experience with this horse, and it must just be a wonderful, you know, moment every time you get on him, and you know that you can trust him.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's I I always just slightly slightly pinch myself when I think that I can't believe that he's only 12, and I'm just nearly 26, so not that young, but. And he's done five, five stars already. And I just, every time I think that, I think it just seems unbelievable. But yeah, no, he's hugely experienced now. And it's just, I wouldn't want to be sat on another horse on cross country day. You know, I, I, I'm really lucky that he loves, loves that job. You know, he just loves to jump fences. And as long as I steer him vaguely in the right direction, then usually we're good to go. <laughs> so talk us through
0: so you've been to Aachen your second time there the uh, it was my first time ever in Aachen and I have to say it was literally all the people that say this is the best show in the world they're not wrong I'm just saying that right here on the eventing radio show the best show in the world hands down and seriously tough as well and the show jumping is a big atmosphere and a very different sort of track and you know you do your dressage in the ring where all of the top dressage riders go as well and it's got its own sort of atmosphere and the cross country is is really full-on it's a little bit like a serious go-kart track mixed in with a with a bit of five star questions would you agree with that
1: oh yeah no definitely and then I I was lucky obviously to be sat on on a five-star horse and even I sort of thought some of the conscription country wouldn't look at me at Babington and Burley yeah. it's definitely for, a for sure
0: yeah, one hundred percent. And then, so let's talk now. You know, of course, you probably were already looking ahead towards Burley, I'm guessing, because you are sitting on a, a on a top five star machine. Um, but now you've been added as the long list of the Europeans. What do you feel you have a good shot of that? And when do they announce the actual team? And and where do we go from here with
1: that? Um, I think. I mean, my plan is I'm still uh, planning for. For Burley, probably, um, you know, he's not a just large so I don't know how likely it is that um, I would be to make the team for the Europeans. Um, because he, as being being honest, right, he's unlikely to go and get an individual medal unless it rains an awful lot on cross country day. Um, but it's just really, really nice to be considered um, for that. So plans maybe I'm planning for Burley. The Europeans is, is the week before Burley, I think this year. So. Yes, I don't know exactly when they announced the team, but I would imagine it's going to be at least a couple of weeks before before that, so I'm thinking plan A will continue as we are, and if you know by it'd be really, really good news if I was to be picked for the team, but I'm sort of thinking for me, I'm gonna keep the plan the same and and just keep our fingers crossed really
0: absolutely um no and I think that's wise I mean that makes the most sense you get the horse fit regardless so um but just to explain for some of our listeners you know a lot of our listeners are in the United States and in Canada as well as the UK but those who don't know very much about the Europeans because sadly it's not something we can be involved in which I wish we could but we can't um just fill us in where where is it this year tell us about the level how strong it is how many team members go just fill us in a little bit
1: um, so, it's in Le this year, um, which I think brings an interesting uh, fact to the fact that obviously they run a five-star there. Absolutely. Um, so, I I think the cross-country is likely to be quite tough um, because it is ran at, at four-star levels, but I think it's probably more like four and a half when you actually get there because it is, it is a championship at the end of the day. Um, yeah. And I do think it's interesting that it's it's running at Le Moulin this year where, where they already have a five-star course. And I think it'd be interesting to see what people think to the course, knowing that they have, have that the course at that level there already. Um, mm-hmm. And I just think, you know, it, it's a run very much similar to the, to the world of Christian games. I think with the, with the format of it, it's just obviously, I mean, that we run in the interim years in, in Europe and it's, still really tough competition for, for everyone. I think, you know, the Germans are looking quite strong, as they are every year for us. And I think, you know, it's just a really exciting competition to be a part of that allows us to have a championship almost every year to aim for, which is always good practice, I think, as far as the team formats go. And the selectors picking, you know, choosing riders and combinations and seeing how they can perform and how the team dynamics work like that.
0: I couldn't agree more. And I have to say, I was just speaking with someone about this the other day and saying, I wish we had the same sort of thing in the USA. Cause what we have is the Pan American games, um, which is a proper championship of course, but it's run at the three-star level and it only happens every four years. So we end up with sort of a a, a gap here. Whereas I feel like anybody who's in Europe doesn't have that gap year. And there's always that chance to be tested at a championship, which I, I think it's great for everyone t- to have that opportunity each year. So, um, I'm throwing that out there to the universe that I wish we could do something that uh, involves the USA and some other nations a bit more often. Um, But it is, of course, hugely exciting to even be included. It means that they are paying attention to what you're doing. And with that in mind, what sort of string of horses have you got following on behind Ivor Gooden, who is obviously your your very best top horse? But you must have a good string of horses because I know that you were – very, very busy at Astonley Walls the day after we got home from Alkin, which many of us were.
1: Yeah, so um, I've got a couple of horses at at the level below, at four-star level, that have just stepped up, so they're quite um, a nine and a ten-year-old. So they're quite young, and I've got one that actually I'm I'm really excited about. She's called um, Rojo and Ruby. She's fortunately much, much better in the dressage phase than Ivor Gooden. (laughs) (laughs) She (laughs) is probably equally fast cross-country actually and she's really sort of getting there in in all in all she's quite strong in all three phases now and she's she's just stepped up to the four-star level and she's taken to it do it really well Bar I did go for a slight swim at Barbary in the water Um, as did many so (laughs) (laughs) she took a slight exception to Shetland Grand National I think um but (laughs) prior to that she She's been very strong cross country, and I'm really excited about her to have a go a long format um, four star this year on her, and and sort of looking forward, I think she's going to be a really exciting exciting prospect. And you know, we've got lots of horses now that are sort of just stepping up to an intermediate level in here in the UK, which is sort of um, three star, and you know, it's it's nice having a string where I have sort of got horses at all levels that I'm I'm quite excited about. I think that's probably Something I that has only recently come about for me, obviously, not had, had horses at that level for a, a huge amount of time. And it's just quite nice that, that for me now, I've got horses at all levels and all ages that I'm actually really excited about their futures. And I think that's quite exciting going forward.
0: Well, that is so important, especially when you're looking ahead to teams and things like that. I know that's an important thing in our country. I'm sure it is everywhere, I was looking at the riders that that have a string of horses coming through, not just the, you know, the one horse wonder. So it sounds like you're doing things the right way by sort of producing that string and, and working your way up to the top. And um, just, just for all of our listeners who might not know you, are you active on social media? How can they all follow your progress and, and follow your dreams for the Europeans and beyond?
1: And um, so I have um, a Facebook page, which is called MS Team Eventing. Um which does all of sort of has everything on there that we do with the whole team of all the horses and all the plans and stuff because I'm a little bit useless on social media uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, the team all sort of dip in and out of that, and that sort of has all the information on and I think that's on on Facebook, instagram and and all of that that jazz. don't follow me personally on on any of those things because you won't find anything out
0: <laughs> <laughs> so m s team eventing.
1: Yeah, that's
0: the one. Perfect. Perfect. Well, Imogen, we wish you loads of luck for the future. I will hopefully either see that you're going to the Europeans or see you at Burley. And very best of luck. And it was great talking with you. And thanks for being on the Eventing Radio Show.
1: No, thank you. Thank you very much.
0: Joining us now on the Eventing Radio Show, it is a New Zealand superstar eventer, Jesse Campbell, fresh off of a team result at Aachen for New Zealand. Welcome to the Eventing Radio Show.
3: Hi there. It's great to be on.
0: So, Jesse, Aachen. I mean, we need to talk more about Aachen. We've had sort of this is the theme of our show. We've had... Groom who's been at Arkin we've had Imogen Murray, she was in Arkin, and you were there with an outstanding team result and a and a good personal result as well for yourself and Cleveland this show honestly is the best in the world, isn't it
3: yes it was um it was my first time going, and actually my first time ever been on a um on a proper New Zealand team um, you know we really targeted uh as our sort of big um our big team event for the year. And, um, yeah, it was pretty uh, eye-opening being there. It's um, just a fantastic place. Very cool. Well, it was It was
0: my first time being there as well, so I, I can, you know, and it's somewhere where I've always wanted to go, and I'm sure you've felt the same, and, like, I've been on that reserve before and not been, and, my goodness, it is just insane. I mean, the the show jumping arena, the atmosphere, it's like nowhere in the world, is it?
3: Yeah, and I'm a real like horse geek. So, being, you know, being in warm up with um with all those top show jumpers, Steve Girda, Marcus I Ewing, mean, like that was just um yeah for a horse geek that was pretty awesome to be um to be in their company, and uh, I, I I loved it, spend every moment I could just watching what they were doing, and um yeah, it was very cool.
0: I I couldn't agree more, and um even just being able to watch you know, at the same show, you can watch the proper dressage and like the very best that there is. You can go and watch that. And then one minute later, you're warming up in a giant, amazing grass arena. And, you know, I was in, I was out there in the ring and I'm watching Laura Crown and BZ Madden go past and, and, you know, all the other superstars, like you said, and, and you're just thinking, this is it. This is, this is what it's yeah. all about is just being able. And then, you know, you're able to, you've jumped your you're around on the Friday and then you can go and watch this insane Nations Cup in the evening and it's just electric, the atmosphere. And I mean, I just want to go there every year now, don't you?
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I've already penciled it into the diary for next year.
0: I know, right? So you're like, make sure I have a good horse for in next year. Mm. Um, so talking more about your your own performance there, um, you had, you had your super horse Cleveland and I, I've, I've watched you ride him for quite a few years and, and he really is a lovely horse. I know you've produced him from a young horse, um, and you think the world of him and, and just run us through sort of your general performance at Aachen and, and what you learned from being there as a first timer. Cause I know I learned a lot and I think, I think everybody, you can, you can learn something from Aachen, can't you?
3: Yeah, definitely. Like it's, it's, um, like riding on the team and stuff like it's not so much the um you know like it is a big big change from you know just going to your normal event as an individual like you really have to take into consideration everyone on the team and what they're all doing and there's a lot of you know a lot of mental energy that goes into like oh well you know we're going to catch the shuttle at this time and it's, you know when it's not your decision it's just um you know it just just takes another another level um Sure. And I actually really, I really enjoyed it. Um, I'm pretty, pretty laid back, so that was <laughs> just, it was quite nice to have everyone organising things. But yeah, just be, be here at that time. Um, so that was cool for me. And then, um, yeah, just in terms of the competition, like it was, it was just, um, it was awesome to be with with Tim and Janelle. They've been a really massive help to me this year um, with Cleveland because he's been. Um, very talented horse, but he's also been a little bit inconsistent cross country, just with the odd little glance off here and there, and you know, been a little bit frustrating. But um, before Badminton, Janelle offered her help to me, and um, and then again before Arkin, and then it's been really great just to be on board with those guys. Um, and then you know, when we were on the team, when we were walking the courses, they they had an understanding of what I was doing, and. What I was about and what I could deliver, and um, yeah, it just came together really nicely as a, as a whole team. And um, I was really lucky to be able to deliver a good score f- to um, to help set our team up for for second place, which was um, pretty awesome when we we didn't have um, you know some of the old boys that we've had in the past on there. Um, so no, I was I was very proud of proud of how uh, how it all went.
0: As you should be. I mean, it's so so competitive there, and um, like you say, amazing to be on a team with Tim and Janelle. I mean, they're so experienced, and and you know, to be on a team with two Le Moulin winners, both the riders and the horses, is is pretty super cool. And um, you know, for uh, I, that's how I feel too. You know, being able to ride on a team with Philip Dutton was is brilliant because he's so experienced, and it really does give you sort of that that way in doesn't it and and being able to walk the course with with other people and i i also really enjoyed the team experience i think it's it's great to yeah, just say janelle, right janelle this is the plan it,
3: uh, janelle doesn't take it easy either like you know after uh, after our first rider went in she just came up to me and me like dead in the eyes and said we need a score from you <laughs> and i was like holy shit like okay this is real and, you know you either you either wilt away and you don't don't take that pressure or you, you know, you rise to it because that's, you know, like I was very much aware that, you know, we were always going to be our strongest competitors there and they needed support from either myself or Dan to, you know, put together that score. And, um, you know, I think, I, yeah, I think I did an okay job backing them up. So that was, uh, that was what it was all about. But they, they certainly don't hold any prisoners. They, they expected it from me. So. That was that was quite cool too.
0: Absolutely, and I think um, you know that's what that experience can teach all of us. I think you know when you have your first time there, and it's it does feel very much like a big championship. Um, And I think it's a, I think well certainly I've come away from it saying here are the things I can learn, here's what needs to be improved. Um, You know there, you know you can you can pick out the holes in in you know that that need filling, and um, come away from it thinking that you've you know come away a, a better rider and and some more ideas and and what you need to work on with the horse and i think you couldn't have been with anybody better really and and certainly you held your corner you did the job that you were put under the pressure to do Um, i believe you had a 28 dressage am i remembering that correctly yeah um yep, exactly. a 28 it's dressage like
3: the, horse is, um, the horse is like he's he lives his life on the edge and um, <laughs> But we've had we've had some really low scores but we've also had some pretty big ones so you know it was really about finding the right balance in there trying to uh you know just just get the score for the team basically and without blowing things up and um you know going for broke which i think would have probably been the wrong wrong strategy so i i positive sure. that yeah
0: and what, what happens next, Jesse, looking ahead um, to the future? I mean, obviously, a lot of our people we've spoken to are talking about the Europeans and various things. Um, the USA, we're, we've got the Pan-American Games next week. What What is next for Team New Zealand and for yourself?
3: Um, I think we just need to, you know, like for Team New Zealand, we've always really struggled getting, you know, a really good depth of horsepower. Um you know, usually when it comes down to the championships, you know, we, we're sort of relying on our last, last horse or something. So right. for me personally, I'm really trying to um, get, you know, as many, many horses as I can qualified. to you know, Cleveland's, Cleveland's qualified, and now I can really focus for on... For Tokyo,
0: things. you're talking about, yeah.
3: Yes, yeah, sorry, yeah. So, um, yeah. you know, for Cleveland, I can now start focusing on getting in some really good performances and, and nailing that a bit more. And then I've got some other younger horses coming through, which I want to get qualified um, so that, you know, I can have three or four horses that I can say, well, you know, it's a bit hot in Tokyo, so this one runs better in the hot weather. And, you know, just have a few more options than, than what, what we've had in the past. Um, yeah. But the team, in terms of the team, I think it's just business as usual. Um and, uh, I think we, we're probably going to target Bukalo. is, um, is a good team event. And I think we'll, we'll send a good team out there and then, right. um, it'll be, yeah, just fine for me, everything for, uh, for Tokyo. Yeah. So you'll be
0: sending your, your Tokyo hopeful horses will be going towards Bukalo rather than say Burley or Poe. Is that right?
3: I don't know about that, but it would be, it'll be, you know the good riders may be on their slightly up-and-coming uh, yes. up horses. Um, you know, I think, you know, our five-star horses will run at five-star events. Um, of course. But, uh, you know, at the same time, we've got, you know, Tim Janelle and Mark. You know, we've got some great riders there who have got young horses coming through and, you know, they need to be exposed to that team environment as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting you're talking about having – you know, the string of horses is something that we've spoken with, with some of our other guests as well. And it is something I've been working on myself also. And I think this is becoming, well, it probably always has been important, but it's being focused on more. in a lot of teams now is saying we want the riders with the depth of horses, not just the one who's got that one off. It's it's being able to produce a string that will be available for not just one championship, but championships beyond. Would you agree with that?
3: definitely and like we're already um, with my main owner we're already sort of saying okay well we've got a little bit of lack of depth coming so there's now five six year olds and you know we need to address that Um, you know that's you know you've got to look really long term with these horses um, because it 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 takes a long time but at the same time it all comes off very quickly and especially if you haven't planned it you can be sort of like sitting on your hands saying I don't have a horse or I'm lacking a bit of horsepower now, so it's really important to to always be looking ahead. I think.
0: No, absolutely. I I couldn't agree more. So, what what is next for Cleveland exactly? Before we wrap up, where where is his next step? Is he is he Burley bound, or will he be aimed at Buffalo?
3: No, he's actually going to go to Blenheim. Um, oh, okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah, It's a slightly different uh, different route than what I probably would have normally picked. Um, I would have loved to have taken them to Burley, but I feel like blending probably will suit him a bit more. Um, and, yeah, so that's where he's off to. And then he gets hopefully a nice nice early holiday with nice weather still. Um, and then we can start uh, building a bit early in, in the winter for, for next year.
0: Well, it definitely sounds like... You yourself and the rest of New Zealand have a pretty good plan going forward, which is, um, you know, I think that's that's a smart thing to do. Obviously, it's a team that knows how to prepare horses the right way. So, um, Jesse, before I leave you, I'm going to ask you for the question I ask most people. And I've just actually asked a top groom for her top grooming tip. But I like to ask the riders for their number one top training tip um it drives tappers crazy so i'm making sure that i ask you so that when he listens back to this he can go oh my god she's asking it again but actually it's brilliant and the listeners love it and i love it because i always learn something so i'm gonna ask you for your number one top training tip and that can be anything that you bring with you to all horses or just your young horses or whatever but your number one
3: um I know this sounds really lame and it's probably not so much as a training tip or anything, (laughs) but um, it's me. I've really worked on really hard this year is um, actually just enjoying riding my horses. Um, Like we've got to find more pleasure in what we do. You know, we get really bogged down, I think. And, you know, there's a lot of pressure on what we, what we're trying to achieve and stuff like that. And actually sometimes it's better just to take a moment and just say, you know, I'm really enjoying this moment or trying to find what, what we really gives us joy in what we're doing. Um, like I know at, uh, at Arkin especially, like uh, before we went on cross country, I was a bit stressed. I knew I had to go really fast. I had to take a long route and um, but also get close to the time and I was really worried about it. And then I just like, was like, actually, I love going fast cross country. This is what I really enjoy doing. <laughs> And, you know, I love the feeling of the wind against my arms and on my face. And this is cool. And that really helps. Um, so it's not so much a training tip, but it's uh, it's something that I think a lot of people can probably um, just back off and just enjoy what you do. And, yeah, it really helps.
0: This is why I love asking this question, Jesse. I love it. I always learn something. And actually, I think that's a brilliant answer. That that does count completely. And it's it's one of those important things that, you know, everybody's got a different thing that's important. And um, that's why I'm always going to ask this question. Tappers, if you're listening, this is why this <laughs> question is good. <laughs> um, no, that was excellent. Yeah. Thank you very much. And just before we, we say goodbye, um, how can our listeners stalk you appropriately on social media? Are you good about social media? Or do you have somebody do it for you? Instagram, Twitter, yeah, Facebook, we're on Instagram. sell yourself to the
3: world. And, yeah, we're on Instagram. Uh, I think it's just Jesse Campbell eventing. And then um, me and my fiancée Georgie, we have a Facebook page together. Um, I think it's just Jesse and Georgie eventing. Um, so yeah, come on over and uh, have a look, especially at the Jesse and Georgie one because Georgie much better looking than me. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> And that is that is Georgie Strang, for those of you who, um, who don't know. And she's, she's an outstanding rider herself. So you can certainly... Follow she both sure. of you and your, your top eventing um, exploits together. Well, thank you very much, Jesse. It's been great to have you on the show. We wish you the best of luck, and I'm sure I will see you at an event very soon.
3: Thanks very much, Liz. All the best.
0: Thanks for listening to the Eventing Riders Association of North America podcast. You can learn more about Eventing Riders Association of North America at eraofna.com. You can, of course, find the links to today's guests and topics at eventingradio.com. You can also follow Eventing Radio on Facebook. Just search for The Eventing Radio Show and also on Twitter at Eventing Radio. I'm Liz Halliday-Sharp, and you can follow me on Facebook, Liz Halliday, on Twitter, at Liz Halliday, and on Instagram, Liz Halliday-Sharp. And, of course, everybody has a website. It's hseventing.com. Thanks for listening.